uh, was, Kyle was on, at our South Campus at the time. I said, man, when are the critters, the fuzzy critters going to be out? That's what we do. That's family. We have the big amusement theme park critters, a moose, a chipmunk. We have some of the frozen characters. And uh, they're in the lobbies. They're outside greeting. That's our family culture. And so Matt had heard me ask the children's pastor at the time, I want to see the critters out more. I want to see the critters out more. After Matt heard that two or three times, he didn't ask. He didn't get permission. He didn't say, I don't want to step on toes. He just heard his, his leader saying, this would be great if we had it. So he went, teenagers, do you want to be the critter? I'm going to give you donuts if you'll be in the critter costume. And it's funny how Rocky can go from, you know, four foot three to <laughs> six foot seven. Um, he has growth issues during the week. But... Uh, but he just, I'm going to make it better. So that would be a theme that we say, make it better, make it better, make it better. And excellence is not in the big areas. Excellence is in the fine print. So like uh, all these guys know, you want to know, know if your people think in excellence, uh, go out to that staff member and say, everybody outside, I want you to open all four car doors and I want to see your car. Excellence begins in your car. If, it's, if they got trash on the floor, you see my, I, I, I buy, I, for 19 bucks, I get my black car. It's unlimited for the month. I run through that thing all the time. I vacuum it out constantly. I'm a person of excellence. I can't stand things out of order. And it begins with my car. It begins with my garage. It begins with making my bed and establishing a good habit. Okay, anybody else want to add anything? Okay, roll them. All right, next. Uh, can you give a little explanation of your church security measures? So I will start, and then I'll give this to Sarah. Starting this year, though, we did decide to put in our budget, um, and we do have an officer with a vehicle. So they're, they have Uniformed. to go from home, and they have to stop and get their um, police vehicle, and it parks out here. Really, that's about all we'd have to do is, we could, can we just borrow your car? Because I don't even know that we need the security officer, the policeman in uniform as much as we need the car out there. Because if the car is out there, that's a huge deterrent for anybody coming on our property to cause harm. So we decided this year it's very expensive to do that, but we decided that this we were going to do that this year. So that is one way that we have um, done that. And uh, I want to tell you, 65 an hour, maybe it's 45 an hour without um, the vehicle. I don't remember for sure. So it, it's a it's a it's a pretty big expense. But for us, we decided this was the year reason, that we were going to do that. The reason that. we did that is because. Uh, from the things we have heard and learned and read is people who are wanting to do harm are looking for a soft target. And that by having the presence of an officer um, is to create that there is a defense mechanism in place. And then, Sarah, describe our security people and crew. Okay, so definitely uh, the officer takes the point of that. And then our guys, um, we actually are very blessed to have a lot of um, trained um, people that volunteer their time on our staff on their off weekends um, and they are the eyes and ears of the officer and so if there's anything that we need to point in the officer's direction or um, if there's anybody that we just need to talk to or just kind of see where they're at um, we just are the eyes and ears for the point person for him and do we have people carrying um, we do but we do not require people to carry in any way shape or form it's Colorado so it's legal to carry um, we do not ask them to carry um, we do not require them to do that to be on our staff. And to a lot of time it's just to, to call out a threat. And so the only people we want carrying 
are uh, military trained or police trained that they have experience and background. We don't want Bubba. We're not looking for Bubba who went through his concealed carry class unless he's taken extra classes because it's one thing to be able to shoot a target safely and to be in a crowd and there are, are people behind a potential threat and how to respond to that. And there's lots of great organizations here in the area in your community that will come in and offer training to your churches. Yeah, and then also we have at our entrances a sign that posted that says we discourage open carrying. So if anybody is carrying in the building, they obviously have their concealed carry license. And so they've gone through a little bit of training that's inside. Okay, we do have cameras then that um, are throughout our building. And so, you know, um, the high-def equipment is probably less and less expensive, but we have had pastor friends in other states and cities that um, a woman came in and had to meet with somebody, and I was here this past Sunday, and my son, and this, and this, and this happened, and this, and that, and the other, and, and they'd never even seen this woman before, right? And so they're like, oh, gee, I'm so sorry to hear that that happened. Let's go ahead and pull up the security feed. How old is your son? Which service were you at? What classroom was he in? Bing. <laughs> she wasn't so interested anymore. Do you understand? So it was just going to be a lawsuit. So being able to, to defend themselves, that's another huge deterrent without having to go through that. So um, our children's areas and those types of things are. Now, high-def equipment is less expensive as we expand. We're probably potentially going to be doing that. But I will tell you, I kind of told the team when we were going to put this together, I don't need to count their nose hairs, right? I just need to see a, a halfway face. I mean, how many times have you seen on the, on the 10 o'clock news, you kind of see a good, a, a, you know, kind of a blurry picture? Well, I think that might be right. I don't have to see the ex everything perfect, but I, I just got to be able to identify. So that's what we do for security. Um, anything else? Nope. Next question. You mentioned emotional help in a few contexts. Could you give some specifics what you mean by that and some examples? I'm probably the best one to do that one to start off with anyway. So being pretty transparent, um, about seven years ago, we had some, I would have told you prior to seven years ago that I felt like that emotionally, I didn't know that there was a limit. I, if you talked about that, it would be like telling me, I didn't even have like, let's say this, I didn't have a headache until I was probably 18 or 20. When people said their head hurt, I kind of, I, my elbow was hurt when I banged it, my knees hurt. I don't even, I, there was just no point of reference for understanding what a headache was. There was no point of reference for me when people talked about being, I've, I'm just, I just feel so drained. I was kind of, you know, I just, there was no point of reference for me. So for us, it was seven years ago last week that um two days ago yeah two days ago that we had a significant something happen. the church wasn't super large and we had a young man that was i don't think he was quite 17 yet and he um actually ushered that morning with his dad and then that afternoon he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound and um then the police called dean and i mom was hiking and so we were the next ones on the scene with dad and so um the best way that I can tell you what happened for seven days, it was just an enormous trauma that we went through and held these people's hands through. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it different, but I would probably be a little wiser um, or just a little more self-aware. So it would be like, I've, I've trained CPR every two years, I continue to keep that. So if any of you have ever CPR trained, you'll know that often when you do CPR and you're breathing for someone else, right? Then you get a buddy and you say, do you know CPR? And you start training off because it's, it's so exhausting. And then that's only set to be really done for a short period of time before you just need other trained medical help. 
That's just to get an ambulance here. That's my analogy. We basically felt like we did CPR with this family for about seven days. We made the phone calls to the family, went and picked, made sure people got picked up. They were numb. They were, the biggest thing they could do was to get up in the morning and then they would, you know, they were completely numb. Planned the whole memorial service. The kids must have, I mean, there must have been 700 kids here from that high school, right? That, you know, it was just, it was just nuts. So at the end of that week, I remember thinking, I must be coming down with something. I like couldn't take a big, a big deep breath, I, but I didn't recognize it. And that was in um, the end of August, the first part of September. Then um, we had a baby die a few weeks later, maybe a month later of a, um, SIDS. So less than three months, died in the crib, ended up burying that baby. And then her sister also was just giving birth and placing the baby for adoption to be a minister to that family. We went to the hospital and did a little ceremony with the new adoptive family. And this is on a Monday. Why does everything happen on Monday on our day off? So then we're leaving and Dean says, okay, we're just going to go like, I don't know, get ice cream, get something really chocolate. We're going to do something, right? So we get on the highway and we get a phone call from the people that we rent our facility from. And Dean says, this guy knows never to call me on Monday. So he picks up the phone and answers. And all I can hear him say is, what do you mean? I don't understand what you're saying to me. He's telling us that one of his employees went into our area because they're doing some cleaning or looking for something, and there's a dead body in the office. In our church office, there's a dead body. Tall guy, bald. He says, you know what? We play jokes on each other a lot. I'm pretty sure it must be. We've got a mannequin. I bet it's that mannequin and the guy's No, they're bald. doing CPR on it. <laughs> <laughs> he says, well, the fire department's here working on this. You know, I, don't, I think you're going to need to come. So we drive right there, and it is a member from our church. I don't even know how. He got a key. He's up fixing something. He falls, and he has been dead for a few hours. And at the time, our staff was quite young. The, the, I don't think anyone that was, is here. And so Dean says, you've got to go tell Mary. i got to stay with the body. That's the wife. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I don't, and I didn't realize how I hadn't emotionally recovered from one trauma before the next one hit, before the next one hit, before the, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, I wasn't self-aware enough. I just had no point of reference. Nothing like that had ever happened. So we go through that. We bury this man and he really, what had happened, he had climbed a ladder, was working on something. He, really, he had most likely had a heart attack on the ladder self, you know, and then fell because there was no breaking of his arms by trying to catch himself. So it, it was just an unfortunate circumstances, but it was just one of those things where you just kind of went at some point, I don't, I don't think I can even see straight anymore. And we didn't know enough, I don't think, to fill ourselves back up or even know what to do to regain that. And I think for me, it just, it spiraled down until finally when I went to a counselor, she says, well, you're going to need to, you need to take some time off. And I went, oh, yeah, you, no, that's not going to happen because I am children's pastor and I do this and I do all the payroll and do the accounting and then I'm, that's just not going to happen. She says, well, I'm just telling you, you're headed for like, we're talking way past burnout here. This is something way different than that. And she could just tell. She kept saying, take a big, deep breath. And I'm like, okay, well, can you take another big, deep breath? Uh-huh. You know, it's like, I mean, I just couldn't get it together. So... 
called a friend, and I, I did. I went away for, I was gone, I think, two Sundays. I was gone about 20 days, and um, I was very intentional when I was gone, but it was the first time I ever recognized that, and I listened to praise and worship music. I probably cried more in that 20 days with this poor family that kept me, and they were just, they were just the sweetest. Their kids had grown up in our youth group, and they were just, they lived in California, and I just went and spent a couple of weeks with them, but I came back, and I'm way more intentional and noticing of those things, and so what drains me and what fills me, I have to be I have to be very, very careful. I will also say that as I've gotten older, wasn't like in my 30s, wasn't like in my 20s, it wasn't even like in my 40s, it's starting to feel a little differently, and I'm having to adjust. That's way more information than you wanted, I'm pretty sure. Sorry. Anyone else want to comment on that? You covered it. They're all in their 20s. They have no clue what I'm talking about. (laughs) What Pastor Kim's saying. All right. Um, How long would it take to prepare and launch a new ministry? Uh, let's, let's say what a new ministry is. Does anyone want to share? Give me an idea of, a, of something that you would, you talking a youth ministry, you talking a new campus. Longer than our pastor gave us when, if it's the South campus, just throwing it out there. <clears throat> so let's talk about, let's, let's talk with one thing. Let's start with, since it's probably a new ministry and they've not set a new campus, let's assume then we want to launch, um, we want to up and launch a singles ministry or. So there's, there's really not a timeline. You would really develop your strategy. You would develop the people. What are the people that I need in place? What are the facilities that we're going to need to facilitate this? What is it going to cost us on a monthly budget to run this ministry? And, and you're going to create that. And you're going you're gonna to say, if we could, if this ministry, uh, let's, let's just say uh, we want to, we've never done small groups. We want to launch a small group, church-wide small group ministry. What does that look like? You've got to get a vision of what the end product is and then backstep it to phase one, phase two. And you're all the way down here to, we got to find a person to lead it. Then we need to, and, and create your strategy. But you've got to have a strategy. There is no time frame. Uh, depending on, uh, Mike was teasing, uh, we, we launched our South Campus in what, eight weeks? Six weeks? Six weeks. Uh, in six weeks, I said, we are going south. We're launching on Easter Sunday. And I came back from one of those vacations. And I had been putting it off and making that hard call. And the Lord on vacation said, what are you afraid of? I said, well, I'm afraid it'll fail. And he said, why are you afraid it'll fail? I've told you to do it. Why don't you do it? And I came back and I said, guys, came back from a February vacation. I said, we are launching a South Campus. We need to find a building. We need a sound system. We need projectors. We need screens. And we went through the whole list. I said, Mike, you're the, and Liz, you're the South Campus uh, uh, pastors. And we start pulling people together. You can do it that way. I wouldn't advise it. Okay. Yes. Um, just to reiterate a little bit, too, of what Pastor said, I think if you put a time frame on it, there's those moments like Pastor had where there was this Holy Ghost discernment, it is time to launch, you go, and you're running, and your whole team is running at a super <laughs> fast pace to get you ready to launch. But then there's those seasons when you're launching something, and it's a really a soft launch. Um, and you are really equipping a team, getting yep. a team in place, and getting them ready before you 
are led by that excitement of that next thing that you're doing within the church. Um, and I'll just, tell just you, a little bit doing. with, um, we're launching a new pro- program, Thrive Discipleship here at the church. It was going to be something that we were going to do with women's ministry. And as we started getting into it, realized this was something that would really benefit the entire church as a whole. Um, so we tra- we are in the process of equipping and getting ready to launch this ministry. Um, Pastor wanted to launch it in September. <laughs> Um, and we realized that our teams were not ready for this to launch. Um, this, we have been in the process for five months training 70 leaders to launch this, um, Thrive Discipleship program, which will create almost a small group environment for people to connect and grow and, and get that depth in scripture, um, on a weekly basis. However, we aren't launching this program until January of 2017. So there are some times that it takes that time to really equip so that when you do launch, you don't implode. You want to be at a place where your team is ready, they understand, they know the why, and they know the what, and they're going to really come alongside, hold each other's arms up, and do it successfully. That's good, Liz. All right, I have one more question here. When you are engaged in lifelong learning for personal growth, how do you discern what things that you've learned will be useful in your ministry and what things you may have read or heard that could be harmful in your ministry? Anybody? Let's hear from Pastor Matt. Can I read it first? <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Matt, read it first? I always heard, eat the hay, spit out the sticks, right? <laughs> so it's just discernment. You, I mean... I think you guys would be shocked if I told you who I actually listen to, um, because they don't even uh, they don't even have the same belief system as I do. But they have some crazy leadership skills. And they have some crazy ways that they do outreach and how they reach people and how they connect with people. I even listen to secular leadership stuff. Half the books I read on leadership are business guys that aren't even Christians, but they have a formula. They have a way. They ha- they they know something, and so I'm just learning. Um, I, I'm not too worried about it, I guess. And then I'm always, I'm always asking, uh, I'm always asking these guys, what books have you read? So like, uh, Chestnut Checkers is a phenomenal book. You need to read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Mike read it. He goes, this book is blowing me away. I said, I need to get that book, Chestnut Checkers. All right, Pastor Matt. Um, I would say um, for personal, um, as they said, I listen to podcasts all the time or I try to read books all the time. And sometimes I just can grab, you know, one, one piece of information, one nugget. I'm like, okay, that, that was worth the podcast. That was worth the book. That was worth the conference. Um, and then as it, as it applies to ministry, I think uh, trying to learn not to be afraid to fail. Let's, let's try it. Let's see if That's it good. works. Let's give it, some, let's give it some time, not one or two weeks, but Let's give it, you know, let's give it a couple of months. And um, there's been some programs that we've, you know, built within the youth ministry that works for a season and it's great and it's growing. And then um, there comes a time it's like, okay, it's, it, I think the effectiveness of this program um, has taken people to a new level, but let's, let's not be afraid to try something else because when, when we're always trying to add something at some point, um, you got to let something else go because you can only add you know, so much uh, to your plate and, and to continue to be effective. So within youth ministry, sometimes like, okay, this worked. Now we're going to let it go. Now we're going to add this. Let's, let's build this. Let's, let's take our team uh, to a new place. So it, but a lot of it is, all right, let's, let's not be afraid to fail. If it works, man, let's, let's keep going with it. If it doesn't, no worries. We'll try something else. 
All right, we want to hear, uh, we got two uh, microphones out there. If Do you we have, have a... any additional questions before we go? We're, it's 425. We are going to cut it off in about five minutes. So if you've got a question, now's the time. Anybody? All right. Oh, here's one right here. We've got a microphone coming. If I could just piggyback off of what we were just talking about, um, any other book recommendations from the last year or two, what's helping you the most? Personal, uh, ministerial, uh, one whatever. that I liked. Uh, one that I liked. I've got several at home, and I don't remember the names. Uh, I just kind of keep an ongoing, rotating stack. But one of the ones that I really liked was, I believe, it was called was it TED Talks? It was. It was basically, if you're not familiar with TED Talks, you have 15 minutes to convey your your big idea, and it was. It's a tremendous book for a communicator, because we always think longer is better. Um, could you get across your big idea, drive the point home, give supporting evidence in 15 minutes? And it talks about how some of the speakers did that and pulled in emotion. I was telling uh, uh, Kate, we were talking last week, and I said, I said, I was watching the Olympics, and the, the one, I think it was a visa commercial, where the girl from Syria pulled the boat, and now the she's... The refugee. The refugee, and now she's swimming. I said, in 60 seconds, visa made a grown man cry. I said, that's going to the heart of a person. And how can we do that in ministry in a short amount of time, grab someone's heart, grab someone's emotion to then put in our thing? One of the reasons I use humor a lot is because humor is ha, 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 ha. And they do that and I go, boom. And, I, and then I put in what God's had me put in. Books you've read. I want to hear some things that staff has. Here's, there's, here's your test. Come on. We do, and this could be a total plug, shameless plug for the podcast. We actually talked about this yesterday. And we were like, let's just con- compile a list. Um, so we will put together a list because it's. I'm totally drawing a blank right now. Um, the next podcast will take okay t- uh, two minutes, and we'll just list all the books that we've ever read. Um, and then I, and I'm not even kidding. You guys all have our emails. It's on. It's in the books. Any or it's in your little um, your little books. Send us, like, hey, this is a great book. I don't know if you guys have read this yet um, because it's all about sharing information. We shared earlier, and it was great. All right, other guys, books you've read that you would enjoy. He needs a mic. Uh, Something I've been using, it's not a book, but it's actually a a website. It's called Thrive 15. Um, It's like a business leadership school, 20 bucks a month, which is, you know, the cost of a book at some places, and it is phenomenal. It's 15 minutes a day. Um, you get a mentor, and it's just loads of, of experience Good. through people that have done it for a long time. So Good. Anybody else? Purple Cow is a long-time favorite, all-time favorite of my book. Purple it's a leadership when it's red. Great. Good to great. Yeah, good to great. It's been around a while. But I, Purple Cow is one of my all-time favorites. Every, every minister needs to read that one. Anybody else? Um, I just finished The Servant, and it just... Um, as a leadership book and really brings you back to that posture and position of why we do what we do um, as glorified foot washers in ministry. And I think sometimes we get so focused that we forget that place and that position. Okay. 
Last call on questions. Want to honor? Can I add son? one real quick? Oh yes, yes. Uh, not please. on the book side, but um, just on the blog side. Church, I think it's Church Leaders. Is that is that the one? Um, churchleaders.com. I read those articles all the time um, because my attention span for books sometimes piles up, and I'm reading 16 books, and that becomes ineffective. Um, so at Church Leaders, I can read an article, um, and I get those emailed to me. So I'm reading articles every day. So just little nuggets. Oh, that one's good, and I'll use those um, many times either to share with my leadership team. Um, either in teaching or, hey, read this article. It was really good. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Pastor Mark, do you have anything you want to share as our wonderful leader of RMAI region? What's our number? Three. Region three. Uh, guys, here's what's happening uh, uh, tonight. If you want to be involved, uh, uh, some pastors and their staff and whoever is available. We're, what's the name of the restaurant, Amy? Texas T-Bone. Amy, would you wave your hand? That is my assistant. She has some, uh, if you don't know the address, she does a great job. She did all the PowerPoints, all the outlines that you see. Would you give my staff a big hand for everything they did this week? And all these volunteers, uh, they've done a great job. I said, guys, I want to do a conference again this year. And they said, we'll make it happen. And so I appreciate them. And and Liz took the lead on the lunch and, and everything, and just everyone's done a great job. And I want to say thank you for coming. Some of you have come uh, and traveled great distances. Some of you are local. Uh, but wherever, however far you've come, I'm just honored that you came, and I hope that you gained something from today. And uh, as, as one couple was saying, we got a lot to process here. we got to take this home. If, if you take this notebook and you put it on your shelf... Um, you're not going to get the full impact. But to talk with your team next week in staff meeting, to dialogue, uh, to reassess, to go back through the notes, uh, we will have, for all of you registrants, we will send an email out to you once all the videos and audios are uploaded uh, that you can download those, watch those again, share them with your staff, uh, those kinds of things. Did we figure out the audio CDs that we have? Are those available? We had, we had some of the main sessions. If we want to put them out there on the coffee bar, I think there's about six each session. So if one person from your church has taken it, make sure that somebody else isn't. But uh, we ran a handful of CDs. I know a lot of people are like, what are those? But uh, let me pray over you guys and, uh, and uh, your ministry and your churches. Why don't you stand up? Join hands with somebody near you, around you, close to you. And uh, Father, we just thank you for our brothers, our sisters in Christ, and we just pray for each of the churches, ministries, organizations uh, that are represented by all these beautiful people. And so, Lord, we just say, God, we want more. We want to see more people saved. We want to see more people come into the kingdom of heaven. And so, Lord, give us our portion, give us our share in our city, in our community. And Lord, I, I pray that we would take the, the knowledge, the wisdom that we have gained today, the Lord, that we would take that and we'd not be hearers only, but we would apply uh, the words of truth, the wisdom, and, and the Lord, that it would cause each of our churches and teams and, and ministries to excel and to reach our fullest potential. God, accelerate us. We know that Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. We know you know when. But God, we want to do everything we can and we want to run with full stride 
until we either come home to be with you or we meet you in the clouds to meet Christ. And so we love you, we honor you, bless our our fellowship, bless each of the ones that have served faithfully today uh, to minister to us, bless them, bless their families as they have sacrificed their day to serve us. In Jesus' name, amen.